We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church.
Like most mornings, we choir and orchestras was waiting for you guys to catch up with us. We have begun our praise early, and we just want you to join right along with us. So as we begin this resurrection worship service this morning, let me call your attention to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 4. Follow along as I read this. For I, this is Paul, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Amen? Amen. So we can say with joyful voices, he is risen. He is risen Christ the Lord is risen today. Stand up, let's sing.
welcome those around you who are worshiping with you today on this resurrection morning. Good morning, church family. He is risen. When those first followers of Jesus saw the empty tomb, they experienced the power of God in a way they had never thought or imagined. Earth has no sorrows that heaven can't heal. Instantly, their burdens, doubts, and fears were removed. Their heavy hearts were now filled with awe and wonder. But it wasn't just the power of God on display that morning. It was the promises of Jesus. God had done exactly what Jesus had promised. Jesus had risen from the dead. Jesus had risen from the dead. If that promise was true then, so were all the others then and now. The empty tomb created in them and in us a bold trust and confidence in God's promises. Jesus was who he said he was. Jesus is who he says he is. We are who he says we are. We are loved. We are forgiven. We are restored. And we are alive in Christ. Amen? Amen. So this morning we proclaim and celebrate the power and the promises of the living God. We worship the risen Savior. He is alive. Let's pray together. So, Lord, you have called us to this place. You've called us to be sons and daughters. You've made our hearts alive. You've called us from the dead to be your sons and daughters, to be your children, to be your people. We praise you. We worship you today. Not only for your power, Father, but for your promises. You promised to join us as we meet this morning, to fill this place, but more importantly, to fill our hearts. So speak to us. Help us sing and listen and pray with confidence and courage today because of your promises and because of your power. And so, Father, we look at time through eternity's lens because you have risen from the dead. So we thank you for your great grace, the great hope that we have. So these moments, Father, we pray that they would matter for eternity. That these moments, you would be high and lifted up in your place, seated at the right hand of the Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your love for us, for your sacrifice, but most importantly, your victory. Bless this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor today is preaching on Matthew 28, the, his, Matthew's telling of the gospel story. And if you know this well, you know that Matthew wastes no time. He speaks about resurrection morning, and by the end of the chapter, he, he echoes Jesus' words saying, Get out of here. Go. Tell. Teach. Baptize. Change the world. 
And that's what we're here to do today, to, to continue that truth of a great commissioned church, to go and be a people seeking the welfare of the city. So as we consider today, not just that today is resurrection day, we live in the hope and the light of the resurrection every day. And may that be how we speak to one another. Here is Acts 2, 29 to 32. Here's how the writer of Acts says this, Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us today. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Let us sing of his glory. Hymn 163, Thine is a glory. Standing together as we sing.
Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Children, come on down. Come, come sit with me right here. Good to see you. We're so grateful that you're here this morning. Today is a very special day. So come on down. Yeah. So as y'all come down, let me give you some instructions. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you a couple questions today. And you can just, just say the answer out loud. You don't have to raise your hand or anything. Everybody can, you can just kind of say it out loud and, and let us hear it. So we'll, yeah, come on down. We got the rest of our crew coming in over here. Yeah, come on down. Good to see all of you this morning. All right, so let's, let's, kinda, let's begin talking about this day and, and why we are here. Today's a very special day. Does anybody know what today is? Just say it out loud if you know. Easter. Easter. Yeah, today is Easter Sunday, and it is a beautiful day. That's right. D- does anybody know... Who Jesus is? Does anybody know? You know who Jesus is? Somebody, somebody, tell me. Just tell me who who is Jesus? Just say it out. Like who would you say? The Son of God. Son of God, the Lord. Those are good. What what else? So, anybody? Who, what's that? Our Father. Good. What's that? The Christ. That's good. Yeah. Our friend. Those are Savior. Man, y'all are good. Anybody else? What when we when we think we describe Jesus? How would you describe Jesus? Soldiers, is that what you said? So yeah, so this, this today, Easter, we're celebrating Jesus' resurrection. Right, so Jesus was crucified for us and then raised from the dead, and we know that he is God, right? And he was proven. So let me ask you one more question. So with that, did, did, has Jesus asked us to do anything? Do you know, does anybody know, has Jesus asked you to do anything? Anybody, what, what has you heard anything Jesus asked you to do? What would that be? Just say it out loud. Be nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Obey. What else is Jesus? What's that? Yeah, yeah, take care of him, his word. What else? Yeah, just say it out loud. What, has Jesus asked you to do anything? Yeah, you be careful with your language. That's right. Anything else? What else would you do? Be loving. That's right. Yeah, anybody, anybody else? What? Yeah, we have to be nice with our words. That's right. Anything else? What has Jesus asked us to do? Yeah. Yeah, don't hit people. Man, Jesus has asked us to do a lot of things, right? Don't eat too much sugar. All of those things are right. That's true. All right, now let let me just, let me clear this up a little bit. So we have to be real careful with with what we, how we listen to Jesus and what he says. And Jesus has asked us to do some things. So I want you to listen real carefully in the sermon today. Because in the sermon, right before Jesus ascended and Jesus went into heaven, Jesus said there's four things that he's going to ask us to do. And he said, you know, when I leave, I want you to do these four things. Okay, so I want you to listen very carefully for what those four things are. And I want you to put down what you might think the most important one is. All right, so listen for all four of those. And you put down what you might think the most important of those things are. Okay, let's pray and, and we'll continue worship. Lord God, we thank you that you are the risen Christ. Lord, that you are a loving God who saved us from ourselves, Lord, and made a new way. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all. This entire study in 2 Samuel, we've been looking at King David. 
his, his mistakes, his, his blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon him. But we've always kept an eye on the King of Kings as we end every worship service with all hail the power of Jesus' name. We're going to sing, crown him with many crowns, and we are going to lift high this, this great God of ours this morning. This is a great resurrection hymn, but listen, I don't want you to sing this because this is what you're supposed to sing on Easter morning. I want you to sing this because it's true. He deserves all of our obedience, all of our love, and every act of service we can towards him. So sing this with every bit of reverence that you can. Shout these words. Crown him with many crowns. Hymn 161, stand to your feet.
Amen. Let us catch our breath together as we find our listening sheet. If you would, look in your, your bulletin. There should be a sheet that looks like this. And as our text for the day at the top of that, we're going to read that text together. So you gather that. I'm going to get my things out here. This then is the text for today. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, I know it's Easter, uh, but we need to talk about David. You know, one of the, the beautiful things that we do in our church is our reverse. And reverse is one text, one text for the week, one text for our Bible studies, one text for our services, uh, one text for our small groups. And we, we are immersed in one text all week long. And uh, one of the things that was mentioned to me when I first came here is that is a moment of unity for us. And it is. It's a beautiful moment of unity. Um, and it's a wonderful opportunity that we're in one verse together all week. Now, difficulty comes, and, and Aaron has help, helped us here. Difficulty comes when you come to these seasons where you're coming to Easter and we're in the David story in the middle of Easter. But, but let me assure you that there's a, there's a connection here with David and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so before we get to our Easter text for today... I want us to, to go back to 2 Samuel. So where we were last week, where we will be next week. So if you remember last week where we left David. He was wallowing in repentance after his murderous affair that he had had with Bathsheba. This whole ordeal was a disaster that shook Israel for decades. Those consequences... From David's actions reverberated throughout the rest of David's life. And we, we know, we've studied it the, the last couple of weeks. His actions were awful and inexcusable. And he, even in the midst of that, in the pain and the terror of David's ways, God offered David a lifeline of grace. And this lifeline of grace came if he would but repent. And so if you remember from last week, when we were, we were looking at, at who David was in those moments, it led us straight to Jesus Christ. In fact, it was straight to the first word of Jesus' ministry. So think back with me. Let, let's go back. Back to the Old Testament, to David, back to last week. If you remember, we were looking at, at Matthew in the first couple of chapters in Matthew you get the birth of Jesus, this narrative of John the Baptist. You, you get the, the baptism and temptation of Jesus. And then Matthew tells us, chapter 4, we get into the ministry of Jesus. And it tells us very clearly, the first word of Jesus' ministry was what? It was repent. Matthew 4, 17, the first word of Jesus' ministry was you need to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It was the word of the Old Testament prophets. They repeated it often, repent and come to God. It's the word that Peter kept when he preached his sermon at Pentecost. Repent 
Here's the word Paul kept when, when Paul was describing his ministry before those that were persecuting. He said, I would preach that the people would repent. The book of Revelation tells us the way to prepare for the end is to repent. Five of the seven churches, Jesus' message was, you need to repent. So Jesus was clear what we were called to do. And it was the same thing that Jesus was called to do, excuse me, same thing that David was called to do in that uh, Bathsheba episode. Repent. And in David's words, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. It's the perfect place for us to be. It's this moment of grace in our lives when we, can, when we can utter those very same words, I have sinned against the Lord. And that was last week in David's life. Now, amazingly, even with that, that scandal, with that scandal attached to David's name, he still remembered as this heroic and expansive leader. You know, when we tell the story of David, those are the stories that we tell. We tell the story of, of David to our children. We tell the stories of David and Goliath. The stories of, of David and his mighty men and how they slayed tens of thousands. They built this great nation for God. They, the story of David conquering Jerusalem. This, this David, a great king who amassed untold wealth. David wrote much of the Psalms. Much, much of these texts that we've memorized and hold dear to our heart, those were written at the hand of David. David, still to this day, even with the scandal in his life, is considered one of the greatest kings ever to have lived on the face of this earth. And so when we think about him, and, and all of these Hall of Fame accomplishments, we need to remember that David was a man just like us. David was no greater than any of us in this room. And maybe, maybe it's his fall that helps us understand that truth. But see, David, David's final fate was, was exactly the same as, as each of our final fates. That, that sin leads unto death. Death is the grave. What's an amazing thing is when Peter's preaching that Pentecost sermon. It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church in Acts chapter 2. Peter, Peter, the Holy Spirit has come like a mighty rushing wind in the church, and, and Peter is preaching in those moments. Now, you remember what, what Peter was preaching before he tells them to repent. Peter is preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as Peter's preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he sort of begins to back up and look back. And he looks back at the life of King David. And he makes this perfect description of David in, in Acts 2, 29. It's, it's in your listening sheet. It was, it was, it was on your, your bulletin in there as well. If you look on your listening sheet, it's, it's what's highlighted in purple there. Peter's preaching about the resurrected Lord, and he says, I may confidently say to you, regarding this patriarch David, that all of us still hold in high esteem to this day. So it says, regarding this patriarch David, he both died and was buried. And no, that, that's the same as Jesus Christ. There's, there's no difference there. He, he, he died and was buried. The next line is when there's, there's separation, where he, David looks more like us than the Christ. And, and so Peter continues on, and his tomb is with us till this day. The tomb of David is still with us. Da David, David was nothing more than we are. Da David was a man who is dead. His body is decomposed in the tomb just like ours will be. And it's important for us to remember that as we, as we study 2 Samuel moving forward. 
Because as we study this life of David in 2 Samuel, it, it isn't about a man who PR'd his way through a crisis. This is, this is about a man. This is about David who is forgiven and empowered by our God. You see, it was God that was at the heart of his success. Anything, any success that David knew, any places of power that he reached, any glory that he attained was only because of the goodness of our God. It's because the grace of our God moving even as David was a fallen man. So he was forgiven and empowered by God. And that, that same God forgives and empowers us to this day. Whatever heights David knew, we can know in the same power of our God that's in front of us and with us. You see, when Peter was preaching at Pentecost, it, it wasn't necessarily against David. This was an elevation of the Christ. And though David was bound by the grave, Jesus Christ is not bound by death. Never would he be. Because he is the king of kings. We, we lift up David as this great human earthly king. But Jesus Christ is exalted as the king of kings. And we know that because of that line that, that Peter preaches in Acts. See, David is still in his tomb to this day. But Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And so we see Jesus was living out a miraculous life as a human being. So if we, we back up and go before the, the resurrection, before the ascension... We see this miraculous life that Jesus was living. So help, me, help me recall some of those things that, that Jesus did while, while he was on this earth. You think about his ministry. After that first word, repent, what his ministry turned into, you saw all kinds of things happening. Jesus calming the sea. Jesus raising Lazarus. Jesus staring at the devil in every temptation he could think of. See, Jesus, his wit and wisdom was unmatched by the greatest thinkers of his day or any that would come after him. And so as we, we think about David, David was nothing in comparison to the Christ. We're nothing in comparison to the Christ. But I want to, to hear a truth this morning. Do you, know, do you know what Jesus Christ said about us? But before the ascension... Even before the crucifixion and resurrection, he was looking forward to it. But do you, do you know what he said about us in John 14? I want, you, I want you to turn there and look with me at John 14, verse 12. It's not printed, but I want you to turn in your scriptures to John 14, verse 12. You may want to underline it if you don't have it underlined already, but we're going to, let me read this for you. John 14, 12. This is Jesus speaking. Truly I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to be with the Father. Now, th this verse is hard for some of us to, to, to stomach. We, we struggle with what that might mean. And we struggle to imagine what that could be. But the key, the, the key to that is found in the bookends of Matthew. I want you to, to, to understand and, and book in Matthew with me of, of what Matthew has, has put around in this gospel uh, presentation of who Jesus was, what, what the first word of Jesus was and what the last word of Jesus was. See, when we read the book of Matthew, the gospel sort of uh, wraps everything up nicely for us. It's almost as if, if we get the first word of Jesus' ministry and we get the last word of Jesus' ministry, we will thrive and flourish in this world like we never could imagine. 
Right? Jesus is saying, you're going to get this, and you will do greater works than these. Greater works than you saw in David. Greater works than you, than you saw in Jesus' earthly ministry. Because there is a kingdom coming in the resurrected Lord. Greater works are in front of us. He says, you've got to get these, the, the things that are in the bookends. The first word and the last word. So the first word of Jesus' ministry was repent. And the last word of Jesus' ministry is found in 28, 18 through 20. Just before Jesus' ascension, he gave us all a command. In fact, you can break it down. It's kind of four commands, isn't it, depending on how you, you break it up. There are four commands there that Jesus lays out. He says, this is who you're going to be. And he's just describing sort of the work of the church and the greater works and what's in front of us and, and our purpose in this life. He lays it out in, in these four commands. These are the most important things uh, for our days ahead. In fact, if we're already repentant and becoming a repentant people, there's nothing more important for us to do this week than obey the last word of Jesus Christ. And we need to work through that together. It says four things there, right? Go, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Teach them to obey what I commanded you. Now you can make the, the argument that the operative word here is to disciple. And all the rest, the other three, sort of support that command to go and disciple. It's as if Jesus is telling us that the first word is to repent. The last word is to disciple. Now it sounds simple enough, but unfortunately we seem to assume that responsibility must be left to someone else. So often when we hear both of these words, when, when we hear the commands of Jesus Christ to repent and to disciple, our initial reaction is those must be for someone else. Even in the church, we, we start to think, those are not for me, those are for my neighbor. Or, or the, the pastor can do that, or the deacons can do that. People less busy than I am can do that. People more educated than I am can do that. But let me tell you, if, if those are our excuses, and that's, if, if that's how we find ourselves responding to the Word of God, we have missed the point. Because that's not how we respond to the Word of God. We don't respond to the Word of God saying, that must be for someone else. We respond to the Word of God by going to our knees and saying, Lord, teach me your ways. Tell me how I can obey you. This Word, these words, the first and the last, are for you. They're for me. They're for us together. See, to follow Jesus Christ, if we are going to call ourselves Christians, the mark of a Christian, John explains this well all through his gospel, the mark of a Christian is that you are obedient to what Christ said to do. And so we will go and we will do. We will obey his words and, and we will draw in near to him and know his ways and we will follow through no matter what we face this week. Because no matter what's in front of us, no matter what is on your schedule this week, the commands of Jesus Christ do not change. No matter what you find in front of you tomorrow, the commands of Christ are the same. Repent, witness, disciple. Saying, let's go, let's get this done together. See, this, and this is what it means to disciple. Let's work through that for a second. Discipling is, is you learning the ways of Christ so that you know what you do to do, and then you actually do it. Whatever Christ lays out in between the first word and the last word, all of the ways that he calls us to obedience, that you do those things, you do those very things, and you live faithfully obedient to the word of God. 
See, if you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago, there is no other option for us because that means he is king of kings and lord of lords. He says, now you, you become slave to me. You're no longer slave to yourself. You're no longer slaves to your urges. You're no longer slaves to the ways of this world. But you are committed to your master, your lord, and savior, Jesus Christ. And so what he says goes. Everything else is filtered through the word and work of Jesus Christ in our lives. There's no other option. And so that, that's step one, is, is we start to figure that out. And, and as we begin to figure that out, what it, what it means to obey uh, what's written in this text between the first word and the last word, as we begin to understand what, what it means to obey that, making disciples is you just help the people around you do that very same thing. There's somebody in your life that you help them learn to obey Jesus Christ too. One-on-one, small group, that you, you help them learn what it means to be obedient. This isn't just about us digesting something, but this is about us living something out. See, Jesus raised from the dead and came out of that tomb so that we could walk and live in his authority and his power on this earth. So that we could advance his kingdom across this city and across this globe. That's what Jesus Christ has called us to do for his glory, for his kingdom. And so we learn to obey him and we teach other people how to obey Jesus Christ. That, that's the last word. He said, this, this is what you need to do. And I hope we understand that, that in this, this, this is why we exist. This is, this is why the church exists. See, your purpose in this life is to draw in near to Jesus Christ in such a way that your life becomes intertwined with his. You become intimate with the Christ. His ways become your ways. Your thoughts are his thoughts. That's what we long for. Now, now some of us, we hear that, and, and our first thought is, well, well, that means I don't get to do what I want to do. Or I don't get to be what, what I've dreamed or dreamt of being in my life. And, and you're probably right. It's not always the case, but, but, but you're probably right. It's usually the case. And, and here, here's the heart of it. This is why. Because everything that we've built our life around is built around ourself and our ego. Everything is built around a me consuming. Everything is built upon me becoming greater. Everything is built upon raising my name up. Everything is built on me being the provider of my family. Everything is built in this very selfish way in our culture and in our world that surrounds us. And Jesus Christ is saying you absolutely are going to have to give that up. You absolutely are going to have to set your ego aside where you understand that I am now in control of your life. And you will no longer indulge your selfishness. But see, the truth of the matter is, your selfishness is what's been holding you, holding you back all along. The, the impulses of the evil imagination of our hearts are, are what's keeping us back. It's what's holding us down. It's what's keeping us from thriving in this world. See, Jesus is saying, I am, I'm the creator of the world. I am here with you. I'm the resurrected king. I can show you the way to thrive in this world. I can show you the way to be vibrant in this world. But you don't want to. You want to chase after your own selfish desires. But make no mistake, if we are going to be true and right, if, if we are going to blossom where we are planted, it is only in obedience to Jesus Christ when that happens. See, so if, you, if you want to find any meaning in our lives, 
If, if we want to do greater works than those that came before us, the only way that happens is to obedience to Jesus Christ. See, in the resurrection, Jesus proved that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to the Father but through him. The resurrection was proof of that. And so we, we lean into his ways and we shape our life to him. See, often our prayers and our desires are shaped around what we think will make the, the most sense for us or what will make us most comfortable or what will make us most prosperous or what will make our name the greatest. And, and that's what, not what Jesus is about. That's not what the, the, uh, the kingdom of God is about. The, the, the kingdom of God is shaping you into the image of Jesus Christ. And so, and so if we're going to make it, if, if, we're, going to, if we're going to thrive, if we're going to be anything more than a parasite on this earth, we must obey the words of Jesus Christ. The first word and the last word. And if you haven't yet gotten the first word to repent, it is time for us to be on our knees and be repentant. Jesus Christ has called this church to be a place of repentance. For we are to be a repentant people. And, and, and once, once we get there, it's time for us to just move forward in obedience. So often repentance is us kind of looking backwards where we've messed up. And saying, God, forgive me for where I failed. And then we move forward in obedience and do the things that God has called us to do. To follow that last word of Jesus Christ. To witness. To disciple. We've got the first word in front of us this morning. We have the last word in front of us this morning. Of the King of Kings. He's saying, take these. Take these two words and obey. And if you do, God will bless and honor that obedience far beyond what you could ever imagine. This is what you were created for. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time together. Lord, and as we hand over our imaginations and our thoughts and our hearts and our minds, our calendars, our days ahead. Lord, we pray that you would wrap us up in your grace. Forgive us for where we have failed you and empower us for what's in front of us. Because Lord, we do know that, that we're not capable. We are frail and we are broken. Yet it's only through the power of your Holy Spirit, that, that we live and we operate on this earth. Lord, help us to live in that glory this morning. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're, this is your first chance to be obedient. This is our time of response. And I want you to think of, think of it in terms of obedience. How, how are you going to obey God right now? So as we obey... That means we're not going to operate out of habit in these moments. But we're going to find some ways to obey. Let me give you a few options that, that may be in front of you. And again, just respond however God's calling you to respond. But here's a few. You see in the bottom of your listening sheet, there, there's some, uh, a place for journaling or, or art or a, a moment of obedience. You may want to write those down on the back. If you need to, pick, pick one of these and sit with it. Let God work with you uh, in those moments. Respond to God in that way. Uh, the altar is open. Come down and, and pray at the altar. Uh, you can come early and often. This place is for us to pray together. Uh, Brian and I will, will be down here. We're, we're going to be here to pray with you and for you. 
Maybe you want to talk about accepting Christ or our church. We're here to receive you. So we'll, we'll do that too. We're going to sing. We're going to give. And we're going to do that from the bottom of our heart. So in just a moment, everybody that, that needs to remain seated, you, you remain seated and, and respond uh, on your sheets or in prayer. But, but the rest of us who are standing, it, it's time to stand and let's respond. may be seated. As you're seated and we are prepared to take an offering, now the work of Easter begins. As we leave these doors and we take the word that Pastor Chris has given us to go, to teach, to make disciples, we have an opportunity this week specifically as we reach out to our community. We're going to call that Pulse. 
We're going to hear about that in just a minute. But as we do this, I want you to take this prayer prompt with you all week long. Lord, we carry within us your powerful resurrected life. Your obedience held our attention last week. Now may our obedience capture the attention of our neighbors as Pulse Week brings the most gracious and glorious truths of Jesus to them. Father, we pray you will hear from heaven our hearts beating like yours as we go, everywhere we go. Amen.
Amen. We are blessed. Turn your attention with me to our life together, be in your, in your bulletin or on the screens. First, we, we now are entering a, a new season of Easter, and we've had this celebration together, and out of this celebration, we're going to go, and we're going to do what God has called us to do. One of the ways that you can see that happening is this week is Pulse Week for us. It's become a tradition in our church that the week following Easter, we have opportunities for service um, and local mission opportunities every day the next week. And so those start tomorrow at 3.30, I believe. And every day, there'll be a different mission opportunity and so we hope you will pick one of those and be a part of one of those, or maybe your Sunday school group or, or small groups or Bible study groups uh, would pick one of those and serve in the city with us. But if, if you would, look, fbcsa.org slash pulse, you'll see the schedule of those things all week. I'm looking forward to, to being a party, uh, part of a few of those. It's going to be a good week together. So we're going to go and we're going to serve because that's what healthy churches do. Healthy churches serve the city well, and so we're going we're gonna to do uh, the best that we can in the power of the resurrection. Note two, VBS is coming, coming soon, and so we hope you'll come and help us with VBS, but to do that, we need you to, to come to our volunteer trainings. You can pick one of these. You, you see those in your bulletin, April 28, May 29, or June 9, are opportunities uh, for you to come and help, help us get ready for Vacation Bible School. Um, also, National Day of Prayer is coming quickly, May 2nd. We will pray for our city. We'll pray for our country. And so we hope you, you take the time to do that. If you can't be a part of one of these events that you see in your bulletin on that day, uh, take the time to, to pray with us uh, for our leaders. And so we'll, we'll do that well. We also have, we have two Welcome to the Worlds this week, two beautiful babies that were born to, in this church. So first, the, the Burks, uh, Matthew and Valerie Burke, you see there, baby Thomas, born April 5th. It's a beautiful blessing of God. And one more, um, uh, Preston and Nicole. Now, they are in Lagos today. This baby was born April 16th, and they're in Lagos worshiping with Kerrigan Lee this morning. So got to see her already. What a beautiful um, little baby girl. So we're, we're grateful for God... Um, growing our families and blessing us with these two new babies um, recently. One more from me. You see the altar flowers in front of me. They're given for the glory of God this Easter and also in memory of, of Mary Albritton. And so we thank God for her and her memory um, and that wonderful family. Amen. Brian, come. No phone number today. Okay. Uh, Anyway, church family, we've got John Sell coming this morning for membership from another church in our area, and he's already involved, as you see here. Amen. If, if you look forward in walking in faith with John, would you say amen? And we love you. That's right. Thank you. Amen. I know. I know. <laughs> Are you ready? You go out these doors and you take this light and this hope of the resurrection with you. It doesn't, it's not about hunting Easter eggs. It's not about a family dinner. It's about telling others about the good love of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together and sing all hail the power of Jesus' name.
God bless you. Go get them.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.